Yo, 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 what's up everybody? It's Roots to Grooves. Welcome back. I'm Jesse. I'm Jay. Welcome along to another episode here on Signal Radio. Yeah, yeah, broadcasting worldwide. Yes. On YouTube. How have you been, Jesse? Because uh, we, we rock out these episodes once a week mm-hmm. for the public, but mm-hmm. we've, unbeknownst to them, we've actually taken about two or three weeks off mm-hmm. before we've got back together now. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's good to be back. Yeah. I've been to New Orleans. I got a new apartment. Yeah. So we're getting stuff done. It's great. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember I helped you move a little bit of stuff. Yes. Thank you, sir. From your old place to a new place. And a little bit of a road trip. And in the U-Haul, on the way there, you said that Pond was going to be your pick. I was pick of the week. Yes, yes. For the week last week when we were going to record it, but we didn't. But we're just even uh, though we weren't doing it that week, <laughs> we're still thinking ahead. Exactly. Yeah. So staying on the game, but we're talking about Pond. Yeah. Uh, the the way I associate that word is a little body of water. Mm-hmm. Little pond over growing yeah. up around little. Yeah, like bigger ponds. than a puddle, but not a. <laughs> Not a lake. Not, not a lake. <laughs> so a pond. A pond. Just some nice ducks or a crane or something. Yeah. Just um, walk around that in a pond. Yeah. But we're talking about this psychedelic outfit out of Australia. Yeah. Called Pond. Five piece. Yeah. Uh, I think Nicholas Albrook. Mm-hmm. Um, got Joseph Ryan on bass. Jamie Terry on keys. Uh, the drummer Cam Avery and Jay Watson is the guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all these guys are multi-instrumentalists and they all kind of switch it up. Um, during the recording process, which is really cool. Yeah. So they each got a chance to go over uh, the synth parts, the drum parts, the all of them. They all kind of switch it up and get a chance. They all have access to the stems when they're writing, so they can all mm. have a shot at each each individual part, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, psychedelic uh, rock band out of Australia. They're kind of revivalists of psych pop mm-hmm. or psych rock. Mm-hmm. Um, even some hypnagogic. Or Godjik. Oh, yeah. I'm still... We're still learning what, how to say that word. Still getting wrapping my mind, my asked, mind around that genre. Psycho... What do you call it again? Uh, hypnagogic. hypnagogic. And we asked people to write in to tell us how to say that word, but nobody's written in still, so <laughs> thanks, everyone. Still a bad cat Not, waiting for anyone. Yeah. But, you know. uh, but these guys are super cool. Um, and I, I don't know how I discovered them. It was random. Mm-hmm music discovery on Spotify or something like that, YouTube. I'm not sure how they got into my brain. Um, but then the obvious connection is um, there's a strong connection to Kevin Parker of Tame Impala, who pretty much these days everybody knows. Yeah. Um, he's, he's headlined Coachella, you know, worldwide phenomenon at this point. And he was in Pond at the beginning, as far as I, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a little backstory about that. So... Um so it's kind of funny, like, of all this lineup of this group, Pond and Tame Impala, there's, like, a group of, I would say, probably seven musicians or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of all know each other. They're all friends. Mm-hmm. And they all play in one band or the un- or the other kind of thing. Right. So, like, throughout the history of, um, like, the way you said it, I think, when you first brought up Pond, is you said Pond were the backing band for when Tame Impala, Impala goes live. Right? Yes. Which is not incorrect. That's basically the truth, kind of thing. But I think the way it sort of works is like they're just at, at the essence of it, like a group of people that know each other from Perth, Australia, is where mm-hmm. they all grew up, right? And uh, and uh, and and like playing in bands and getting to know each other, and so like over the course of like you know, Tame Impala sort of blew up big mm-hmm. and are going continually blowing up, you know. Um, and uh, you know, basically, like Kevin Parker is Tame Impala, right? He write, writes and mm-hmm. produces all that music, sort of thing. Yes, sir. Um, 
But yeah, but when he plays live, you know, he has a full band. And so a lot of these guys that are in Pond or have been in Pond, because a few of them have gone on to not do either thing or, or one or the other sort of thing. Um, yeah, they're all sort of there kind of thing. It's like the way to say it. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it's you know yeah. it it doesn't even matter too much. We don't have to say yeah. who's been in what band at what time, you know. But like you said, it's a big group of people who all yeah you know kind of love and care about each other and share the love of music, and they're all happy to get to go on tour with each other and help create the stuff that's in their minds. Yeah. Well, the thing I found out about their very earliest beginnings, and I didn't know this until I sort of looked at Nick Albrook's mm -hmm. background. He's like the lead singer in Pond. Yeah, he's like he's the front man of Pond. Yeah, and I think he played bass live for Tame Impala and background vocals. Okay, yeah, I don't know the specifics. Yeah. I th yeah, I think you're right. So basically, like 2005, um, Nick Albrook and a, and a couple of other friends had their first band which they were called the Electric Blue Acid Dogs. Mm. <laughs> mm. The, the electric, some, not even the, just Electric Blue Acid Dogs. Ooh, much more sleek. Yeah, yeah. There's some, some great names in the, uh, the psychedelic music yeah. realm. Well, the funny great thing band names. about that name is like they wanted to enter some like Battle of the Bands and they, I think it might have been a high school Battle of the Bands or not quite or something just out of that, but they... They said they needed to change their name because they didn't want to use acid down in Perth, Australia, because it had drug connotations. Acid has drug connotations? Down there, apparently. <laughs> apparently, they thought that was a negative thing. So they changed their name to Mink Muscle Creek. Mink Muscle Creek. Natural evolution from... Of course, that's what I would have thought, too. Acid dogs. Totally. <laughs> so the thing that happened is they, they wanted to enter Battle of the Bands as Mink Muscle Creek, and they did. And Kevin Parker was also in a band that was entering Battle of the Bands competitions. Mm -hmm. And so that's how Nick and Kevin met originally, was that um, they were both were part of this competition. They both bands showed up. Yeah. Mink Muscle Creek's drummer didn't show up for a long time. And so Kevin Parker actually played drums with Mink Muscle Creek at this Battle of the Bands thing. Just off the cuff, because like off, our drummer's not showing up. We need somebody yeah, to do this. Off the cuff to help him out kind of thing. And, uh, and then Nick was like, well, shit, he's a better drummer <laughs> than this other guy we had. And so that's, that's, how, that's how they met, and that's how that connection happened. And then, that's fantastic. And then, and then they were like, after that event, they were like, yeah, we've got to get Kevin to play drums with us. Kind of nice. So, so that was the yeah. kind of genesis of their, their yeah. musical yeah, yeah. Uh, friendship. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I didn't even know that. That's great. Good yeah, info. I, just, I found that, and I was like, okay, that's... That's some top-tier research, that's Jay. Thing, yeah. Oh, I love it. But I also found, as a part of that, diving into that side of things, yeah. I discovered the early demos of Mink Muscle Creek. Yeah. Are those out there? Are those released? So I found it, I think, uh, via Wikipedia, and then there's like this fan website. Uh -huh. It's actually a Tumblr that has bootleg Tame Impala recordings on it. And part of that list of bootleg recordings is like all these early demos of Mink Muscle Creek with nice. Kevin Parker on drums kind of thing. So That's... we can spend a bit of it in a bit if you want. It's like it's crazy shit though. It's very... Yeah, I would be down. It's very different from what they ended up like... Kind of what both bands releasing. ended up doing. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Which yeah. they've kind of gone towards pop. It's yeah. poppy. Listen, I mean, these guys. so these guys have like seven or eight albums out. Uh, pond that is and they're I, I i did one of the things i want to say as i was listening to the interviews uh they said at the beginning they wanted to be a psychedelic band 
and basically that's what they are but as they kind of progressed album to album and now they're like halfway through their discography and they're still making music today but um now they said that they just want to be themselves mm-hmm. so i think that's a cool progression um yeah. maybe it's know. an age thing as well like because i know they were like really young when they started out and i saw yeah. some interviews where they were saying it was great to just kind of like you know hit the beach drink rip a bong make some music <laughs> yeah sounds good just have fun kind of thing and then like i think the the more they've sort of gone through it they're like talking about more about um rehearsing and mm-hmm. practicing your craft and yeah i think there's more like, seriousness yeah. in general to to you know tame impala and um pond yeah um you know we're talking about pond here today but yeah. so mostly pond is what i'm talking about mostly pond mostly <laughs> uh, but yeah they're bringing a little bit more of a you know serious tone to their music and the lyrics because uh, they got into, you know, especially you can kind of see in their later albums, they're talking about like nuclear bombs and, you know, climate change and, yeah. you know, personal relationships and kind of deeper human stuff mm-hmm. that, that affects us all in some way, whether it's news of another thing happening outside of your city or something happening inside of your head. Yeah. Um, so cool. I mean, that's what yeah. they're doing one yeah. way or another. If you like it or not, that's Pond. Yeah. As far as I know, at least. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of a, their kind of background bio. Um, maybe we should spin spin a track and then go into a little bit how they write and what they're thinking about when they're doing all this stuff. Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. You got one pulled up, or should we? Um, are we picking one from the stars? It's a super long track. Man, it feels like space. Okay, this is the eight minuter. Yeah, this was my choice. Well, 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 I haven't heard this before, so we'll play it through, and if we need to dive back in during it. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I hate to ruin songs though, like just. it's eight minutes so bear with us (laughs) go get a beer go smoke a joint and uh, let's lay back for eight minutes and and see what these guys give us man it feels like space yes And we're back here on Roots to Groove here in Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jesse Quigley, and this is Jay Purcell. We just played Man, It Feels Like Space by Pond. And that was a long track, 8 minutes and 22 seconds. But I feel like there was a lot of different ideas in that one song. Exactly. And that's, that's why I wanted to play it, because it, it highlights what they're, they're capable of and how, how deep they can dive down. And there's like you know, seven or eight different mm. grooves and beats within that song it's not just a repetitive thing and they're switching yeah. it up. So it's a really kind of a hallmark of, of what they've been able to create. It feels like it reminded me of uh, paranoid Android by Radiohead. Mm-hmm. I can get that. Yeah. I feel that. Not, not so much in the way it sounds, but in the way that they did those switch ups, mm-hmm. they have a lot of different, like, like it's, it's like a, you know, it's not like a verse chorus, verse chorus mm-hmm. type thing, you know, standard arrangement. It's like a, it's a bit more complicated than that. And that's how mm-hmm. I feel like Paranoid Android is a bit more complicated. Yeah, it's just that. more about the, yeah. the feel and the, the mm-hmm. energy and the emotion of the, the different parts and the different sections of the music yeah. that kind of lead you through. And it's really, so it's like an emotional 
kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Taking you through these different, like, you know, I'm, I imagine the cool thing about music is everyone can kind of imagine it in your own head however you want. And I think it's, you know, kind of, you know, to, like think about this emotion and then how that translates into this emotion and how those, the dichotomy between the two interact and this feeling and that feeling, how does it make you feel? Mm. Stuff like that. So it's, it's, I like to listen to long tracks like that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully everyone is cool with listening to that on our podcast because that's kind of one of our things that we do. Is we're a long form yeah. podcast. So, and we sit here and listen to the songs with you guys. Yeah. Um, where possible, where yeah. copyright permits. Yeah. So sorry if anybody, if that was getting cut out for anybody on YouTube or on Spotify or wherever it might be. Yeah. Um, but you can play the song yourself, I'm sure, because everything is streaming for free these days. Yeah. Or, or close to it at least. But super cool, super cool track. Um, I think that highlights what they're able to do and how um, how they're able to do it. it. What it was reminding me of when I was listening to it is they remind me of MGMT. Mm. Yeah, which and, are a band that maybe the listeners don't know too much about, but they're, yeah. like, they're not really a band, right? It's like a production duo, I think. MGMT. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. I think even almost the word band is changing yeah. as these you know, solo or duo producers are starting like to come out with music project yeah band right like that. yeah. exactly that's yeah. so that's an interesting discussion more about vocabulary i suppose because yeah. it doesn't really matter yeah um but good music and there was another band that I was going to say uh, reminds me of hmm but i don't know back to mgmt who i, I i've grown to really love Mm-hmm. Still discovering some some more of the stuff that I haven't heard from them, but I've heard most of the, all their albums. Um, they have a song off their album "Congratulations" called "Siberian Breaks," mm. which is like an eleven or twelve minute song, mm-hmm. and it's I mean it's just a uh, a paramount moment for like indie rock. For, this is an MGMT track. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, highly recommend that whole album. "Congratulations" is great. Okay. Um, and so they're kind of along the same oh I was going to say so Pond is at least you know especially this record and maybe as a band as a whole are in between MGMT and King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard oh yeah which we we mentioned yeah yeah yeah. I think on the Budos band episode yeah I think the last time we recorded yeah 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 Um, you know so another band that keeps coming up in in different ways well it's funny because also in the Budos band episode we did we mentioned this German band called Can. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played a track from them in that episode. But also, uh, these guys, Pond, have, have cited Can as being like a big influence on them uh, musically. And I think they even got to like do a show at some point um, with like uh, the main guy from Can. Uh, yeah, that's, here we go. Uh, in 2012, in June, they did a one off performance with the frontman from Can called Demo Suzuki. Um, yeah. Nice. Just throwing that out there. I love it. I love it. But I like, yeah, it's kind of these things, you know, where all these different inspirations intersect and stuff like that. Yeah, when you see these synchronicities come in, it's like, oh, you're inspired by Hugh. Oh, we're inspired by the same people. It's like, you see these circles form and stuff. It's really cool. Exactly, yeah. Um, Yeah. It displays how we're all in a conversation about, you know, art. Yeah, it's a flowing flowing stream, right? Yeah. It's not a pond. It's a flowing stream. It's a stream now. (laughs) Should have named your band Stream or maybe River. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So these guys are like um, similar music, like Flaming Lips, also like stuff that they may have been inspired by. You know, Flaming Lips, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I haven't heard them. Good stuff. Okay. And I think they're still kind of blowing up. Okay. I think they're on they, a slow blow up. 
right. Newish. Um, yeah, I've heard him on the radio, like a, you know, I don't know, uh, Safeway or something. Yeah. Um, that's like my, that's my main thing. If I hear him at Safeway, like you're doing something right. <laughs> you know this. I want to be played yeah. at Safeway. That's my main musical goal yeah, in yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Mac DeMarco. And then some of their stuff sounds like uh, a liquidy, glossy strokes. Yeah. Like, I actually wrote this in my notes as I was listening to the most recent album. I, I, the way I said it was like they sound like a laid back strokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if they, you know, you just bring down the tempo a little bit. And yeah. Like, or they still got like back. the kind of jangly or melodic guitars, yeah. like a kind of stiff rock drum beat yeah. and a, a groovy bass line. Yeah. And, you know, there you go. Glossy strokes though yeah what do you mean by glossy when you say glossy i just i guess like glossy eyed well i mean yeah how how and and even their name pond it's it's kind of like some of their music you know we got these psychedelic ideas where their band name is pond and i i I feel it's flowy it's liquidy Mm. how the the sounds they use on their guitars and synths kind of blend together Mm. like rippling water kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that's what i kind of Mm. see in my mind when i'm listening to stuff like this yeah yeah um so like if the strokes music if their music took acid you know and kind of things were starting to flow and like mix a little bit and uh, you know melodies are a little more liquid and stuff i don't know what i mean i just say stuff that i feel and hopefully it's (laughs) it 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 vibes with somebody else no it's a good way (laughs) of putting it because it was funny because i said laid back strokes and you said glossy so i was just kind Mm -hmm. of curious about what you meant. well both it it is laid back yeah yeah because they're really chill and like obviously we listen to that eight minute track they're not in a hurry to get somewhere yeah every song yeah um but yeah i mean some good stuff like mac demarco i still have a lot to discover but he's doing stuff right yeah i haven't and he's just a solo dude as well Mm -hmm. so i don't know he's not from australia is he I think he's American, Mac DeMarco. I'm yeah, sure. I think I thought I don't so know too, too much but about I don't him. Know. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so awesome. Um, so like Nicholas Albrook, he's like the main guy. Yeah. He's kind of like a prolific, multi instrumentalist, eccentric. You know, he looks pretty young, not to judge people on their looks or anything, but he looks young. But I don't know how old he is actually. Yeah. Um, but just to describe people in, as a little bit of a visual. But he seems like a super cool, smart. Um, yeah. What would you say? You know, he's, he thinks about stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's really empathetic, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things he vibed with Kevin Parker on, which was probably one of the things why they formed a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, Kevin Parker's, he's, he's produced at least three of these albums. Mm-hmm. So they're working yeah. in collaboration, and, and they're working right in Perth at, yeah. the, I don't know if it's Kevin Parker's studio, but I think it is Kevin Parker's studio, and he, I think he owns it. And they, they make the music there. It was funny. I was trying to look this up when that track was playing because I know, I, basically, I saw an interview where Nick was talking about how um, the, Kevin has this house in Perth. And it, he said, he, the way he described it, it was like the place that they all used to hang out and make music at. I, th- I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. I think that's the same place. And then he said, like, he um, like yeah owns it now. But... The, the way the why I'm confused is because I looked it up and it, and it said it was like a, a a studio that was actually already built by some guy in this house and mm-hmm. the Beastie Boys have recorded there. So I'm not sure if that's the oh, same place. That, but basically, Kevin Parker owns that now, which is okay. a place in Perth that Beastie Boys did record it at. Don't know if it's the same place. Okay, that interesting. Nick is talking about. If somebody knows about that, please write in. Get that free bag of money that Jay's offering. <laughs> Uh, but if it is the same place or either way, uh, like the way Nick was talking about it, it was like it's right on the beach. 
yeah and uh it's like really close to the local and like pizza place across the street sort of thing yeah it's, just, it's a great spot and yeah. one of the things he was saying i think nick was saying is there's like plants in there mm-hmm. and it's like really beautiful and gorgeous um it's like a utopia mm. um and the, you know there's plants it's they have all the gadgets and devices and hardware that they need that makes their music sound cool and stuff so it's kind of all there yeah uh, location wise it's all there like you said the beach yeah food the city um so all this inspiration yeah all this you know this love in this one little area that they both use where kevin parker produces at least off and on their music yeah um so yeah it's funny because yeah so they're like all from perth they're all based there they still record and write all of their music there, mm-hmm. but they obviously go off and tour around the world. Yeah, and also Nick, I think at least in 2019, don't know if he's still there now, but he moved to London. Yeah, I did hear that, and I don't know if yeah. they're based out of the UK now. Did they? Um, he is at least um, because I know. So he was playing in the Tame Impala band, right? And he left around 2013 or 2015 uh-huh. to focus. He said on Pond and his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like yeah he was in london and i, I kind of wanted to bring this up because he in an interview um this interviewer asked him well have you found any good beaches in england and he was like yeah i have actually and i have to go mm. back there when the weather's good again and he said it's hastings mm. uh, and that's where i was born oh nice that's my hometown oh yeah so uh, i used to i grew up three years of my life looking at that ocean uh and that's and, the one that he's and he's called one, to mind it. that's the one he said he likes to gravitate to when he's in uk that's so. got to mean something i mean yeah. a beach guy <laughs> from australia yeah like they live in the summertime year round yeah. essentially yeah, yeah so if he says it's a good beach it's a good beach yeah i would trust him off that so i'm like damn well like damn it's not the not the hastings i have in my mind from yeah. the way back but i mean right. well you know because it has it's, basically hastings is like a seaside town in england and, uh-huh digressing a little bit but like uh seaside towns in uk used to be thriving in like the victorian era mm-hmm. their peers they had all of these functions like because you know no one in uk could afford to leave the country for their holidays and vacations so they're, when, they're, when is the the victorian era what are we talking 100 years ago 1800s like 1800s to yeah mostly 1800s, okay cool. late 1800s and uh yeah, so, you know, these seaside towns would be the place that everyone in the UK from different parts of the UK would go to to enjoy summer kind of thing. Nice. But, like, after that period and after the Second World War, a lot of these seaside towns got run down and horrible. So, like, I think when I was a kid there, it was still okay. But then, you know, in the last few years, it went downhill, mm-hmm. like, really decrepit, like, Everywhere's oh. closed, sort of stuff. But now it's booming back again. Nice. So these things go in waves. They do. It's like water. <laughs> it, it, everything's energy, Jay. Yeah, it is it's crazy. Yeah, I love it. That's cool. I'll have to check it out one day. Yeah. You had to take me on a you trip to, to yeah yeah do a little road trip. Yeah. Listen to cool tunes. See some cool um, locations. Music. Whatever you got to show well, me. I don't know. I've fun fact: My dad saw Jimi Hendrix play at the pier at Hastings. Really? So there you go. That's that amazing. Era. And The Who, who was another band, I think, maybe. Um, They're definitely another band. Have been influenced by it at a certain point. Yeah. I mean, we've all been in, influenced by The Who, I think, a little bit. Yeah, Nick, I think, 
lead singer from Pond said he listened to a lot of The Who and Led Zeppelin when he nice. was getting into so some music. classic rock kind yeah, of stuff. Classic rock stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. I mean, you know, it is. Those those bands are great. Yeah. There, uh, there's a lot yeah. of Who that I haven't gotten into still, but I know, I know some of their big hits. There's a great like uh, YouTube video performance of them in the '70s, and it looks like a little tiny underground rock club. Uh huh. And it's just like. And it's the sound quality of it is really good as well. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how to find it again. Just search The Who and try to find this little clip. and It'll come up. It was really good. It's like, it's like it could have been done recently or something like that. Yeah, were they, these guys, they were still pretty young? The yeah, Who? they were in their prime. Nice. Like, uh, oh, shit. I forgot the name of the drama, but he's like super famous. Like, yeah. The, the I don't... drama from The Who, yeah. Um, I can't think of the name either. We're horrible music analysts. <laughs> <laughs> It's not our job. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not our job, bro. We're not talking about the who. We didn't do research on the who. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. I, I saw that they, they use Ableton. Mm. I saw that they use Ableton in most of their stuff. And I think the drummer actually used, he used his garage band. Oh, wow. And oh. Uh, I think it was Nick who was saying he, he probably sounds the most hi-fi out of all of the members of the group. Hi-fi. Yeah. Meaning? High fidelity. Meaning the garage, garage band. Meaning he gets, I think, is what Nick was saying is he he gets he uses garage band, which is kind of seen as like maybe a, a lower Cons- tier consumer entry level audio entry, entry yeah. level friendly, yeah. um, you know, DAW, D A W, and but but he 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 gets stuff to sound really good is what Nick was saying, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, testament yeah. to their their abilities. Yeah, I did see Nick talk about like you know we're gonna go record some stuff again. He's like, yeah, I've got my audio junk that I'm going to bring to the mm-hmm. table kind of thing. Like, he calls it audio junk. <laughs> That's what I call it. It's just, it's annoying things that you have to lug around and figure out how to plug in just to get sound to come out the right way. Well, I think he was talking about, like, his ideas, like, his junk of, like, stuff that he's... Oh, about. just like... Just like his ideas like and... Bits of songs bits or of ideas songs for songs. And the, I think that's what he was saying. Alluding oh, to, okay. Yeah, but yeah, but you're right though. I'm still. a gear hater, so I'll always take the opportunity to be like, technology sucks. I mean, how much gear we have to use to make this show is ridiculous. Exactly. It's 2021. Exactly. We should be able to just press one button on a touch screen and have it but no. do everything for us. <laughs> you would think. Smart house. Smart podcast. Smart podcast. That We're getting there. We'll, we will get there. We're not even in the first six months of our podcast. Yeah. That's true. You know, so this is the, the very beginning. Yeah. You all, you all are lucky to be here. Okay. Yeah. I said it here first. Uh, what else we got? Uh, collaboration has been a huge part of their musical career. Yeah. Uh, especially Nick. Um, and so, like, what's the key to making it work? He says um, it's a super complex, nuanced balance, which makes a lot of sense. You have to find find one another interesting, like as people. And, and what your ideas are coming with, he says. Mm-hmm. You have to work through the disagreements. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, you have to learn ways to compromise on both sides. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but he, the more I, I hear him listen, he's, he's really like empathetic and he, he like, feels the energy. Like, how can we make this work? He's not like eccentric guy like, oh, I'm the boss. You do this like dictator, musical guy. He's got a level head. He's yeah, he that. seems like level-headed, down-to-earth. And that's, that's something that's really cool and I vibe with. Yeah. Um, you know, each of the members need to know when to push forward and they know when to, they need to hold back and be like, this is not my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of factors that go into working with so many people. Like I said, they each have um, access to the stems of, of each song. 
because mm. they all are in, at least most of them all five or six are multi-instrumentalists and can play guitar can play bass and can play keys or synths mm-hmm. um and or drums so they literally each get a chance to play let me, well let me i have a little idea for that guitar part i'm gonna hop on that stem and, and add to this or change that or let me actually i got a cool drum beat let me try the drums you know, in their own studios or in the studio at Perth, whatever they're doing, they all have an opportunity. So the more opportunity you have to do different instruments and add different ideas, the more your ideas are going to clash with another member's ideas. So you can just see how that's kind of, like you said, it's complex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yep. so, uh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's it's, it's one thing to do music and it's another thing to organize and produce, quote unquote, people you know, mm. and people you're working with. Like that's kind of the other half of music is working oh, yeah. with people who you're collaborating with and how good you are at that. That's an art in itself. That is, yeah. Lot, I think people forget about that. Like, um, you know, people management, expectation management. Yeah, as well. like, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Like what's our goal? Because yeah. you might have a different goal yeah. than mine. Like you're trying to make a dance track. I'm trying to make a... <laughs> a depressed slow track yeah we're working on the same track like what's the vibe where are we trying to go with this and how are we going to get there well it's difficult on many levels like yeah you kind of were just talking there maybe maybe about just like writing Mm -hmm. music sort of thing but then there's also just being in the group in general and touring and doing albums doing releases doing like there's so many like aspects of like a musical career where you all kind of have to find some alignment on yeah on and on every aspect of it like expectations and work ethic and fun you know it's literally a relationship yeah like a a guy girl or guy guy female female whatever it is it's literally a relationship with people yeah first yeah you're having that relationship and you're building this music before the music ever comes out yeah in oftentimes months or years you work on this and it's done mostly done 99 percent done but you got to mix it you got to master yeah. you got to get the art things take time and that's yeah and that's the thing like, like so many great bands fall apart or hate each other you know on the outside looking in the most you know we might just think oh yeah they just toured for so long together and pissed each other off but it's like more complicated than that like, yeah because of what we're talking about like, yeah exactly yeah, all of those aspects like, the stones are still playing baby i know that's i mean that's insane yeah, and I'm but, I'm reading um, Keith Richards' book called Life. Oh yeah, yeah. I right have now. it. I have it around here somewhere. You have it? Yeah. I've I've read the first chapter. It was great. It was, it was, it was, it was fun. The first chapter yeah. was crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm into it. I'm on chapter um, three, dude. Catch up. Let's read. Yeah, read it together. Yeah, yeah. We have a little book club. We got to yeah. Sync on that. Ooh, new yeah, podcast yeah. idea. There you go. Yeah. Music, on the music book club. Music book club. I'm down. There you go. Cool. Um, what else we got on writing? Nick says, um, you got you to gotta surrender to your own powerlessness as an artist. I thought this was cool, so I wrote it in my notes. Um, you know, mine, at least, he says, quote, unquote, because mm-hmm. um, he can't, you know, he doesn't want to be power grab dictator, like I said. Mm. Um, but thus not getting dark at yourself for not being able to chisel away at the exact thing that you want. You often have this idea. If you're like, okay, I'm trying to make this. Here's my idea. I need to get there. I need to add this drum beat, this guitar, this vocal. Mm-hmm. How do I get what I'm thinking of in my head? But sometimes you need to stray from that. And sometimes you you can't go towards that forever because that's not what was meant to be there. And that's not like the energy that the 
track is giving you. So you have to be be able to be like, okay, that's not what it doesn't have to be this thing that's in my head. If it if it's tending it wants to be like this, you follow that energy and just go with it and be like, it's not I'm not controlling this. Like, you know, something else is or my subconscious is or yeah. my other bandmates are and you gotta be willing to go with that flow. So uh, go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. That's a good quote. I, I made I made that up. Not not be so attached to your own things that you're walking into yeah, the room with. Exactly. Don't be so attached that you're like, well, that's not my idea, so you can't have that drum beat in my song because I'm trying to make it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that brings down the energy for everything, for everybody. That's and really cool. He seems to be, I'd like to make a song with him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he just seems, he seems cool, yeah. down to earth, and, you know, really empathetic to, to music and to people's ideas and energies. And I think that's a huge part of what's been able to drive him to the success of Pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's human relationships definitely before the music even yeah. a lot of the time. And so they're killing it with that. Do you want to hear some of their uh, de- early demo shit? Yeah, I had no idea. I'd love to <laughs> um, like, at least get a little tidbit. Unfortunately, my favorite track is like 10 minutes long, um, but it's got Kevin P- uh, Parker, right, from Tame Impala. Mm-hmm. On drums? Yeah, on drums. And it's cra- It sounds like a really crazy jam session. I kind of want to play it. I mean, versus the, the some of the shorter ideas that they had. Basically, they got there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tracks I downloaded from the internet from Mink Muscle Creek demos. This is free like, downloads on there. Uh, this is like a some someone has a Tumblr and they have a whole list of downloads of nice. Tame Impala bootlegs, and part of that list was early demos of Pond who were known by Mink Muscle Creek back then, when Kevin Parker was in there. So, hence why it's on the team. MMC. Bootlegs. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're all like, sort of, uh, all right. like, yeah, it's just like well, jam sessions. And I, well, I, I can't say anymore. I got to <laughs> listen to this. Are we going to listen to the whole 10 minutes or are we going to get a little taste? Take a little taster teaser. Well, I'll start playing it and I'll go to the restroom. And if you get bored of it by the time I get back, then we can... Okay, if... If there's a, a abrupt cut in the middle of this podcast, you know we didn't feel like listening to the whole thing. So, but this is the only one we could probably play copyright free because it's not out on any label. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like that. So we can even claim it as our own, um, maybe. But I, I started listening, didn't listen to the whole thing. But and there's two versions of this track. It's called "Hands Off the Mannequin, Charlie." Hands off the mannequin, Charlie. There's like a, a a ten minute version, which is probably the original jam when they came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a three-minute version, which is probably when they distilled it into an actual song. Surprise me, Jay. But I want to, I want to play the the jam. That original. That's yeah, some, yeah, yeah. that's some heated stuff. Because you don't get to hear this type of shit normally. With I'm sure artists. this is where yeah. a lot of inspiration was forming. Yeah. Genesis yeah. in their minds before Tame Impala, I think. Yeah. As well. That's Kevin huge. Parker on drums. No, this this feels special. Play it. All I'm right. I'm down. All right. We could probably call it. <laughs> it is good though. You can definitely hear the Tame Impala influence. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. He's on drums. Kevin Parker going wild. Yeah. 
um, you know, it's definitely a jam session. Yeah, it's something that probably should not have been released or heard to the world, but here we are. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason they didn't release it. Yeah. Or, but it was a, it, this was the genesis of an, of an idea. Exactly, and there, there's yeah. tons of these types of tracks that yeah, yeah. many people probably haven't heard that are sitting in some hard drives and some basements from big artists. Oh, yeah. You know, that nobody will ever hear. Oh, yeah, like Chili Peppers jam sessions mm. when they're trying to come up with like... Yeah, exactly. Where even, are those? Even the Stadium Arcadium album, which is like double album with like brand new tracks. Yeah. In their zone. Yeah. They must like, have jammed the fuck out. Like I mean, that was kind of the yeah. prime time height of their... Yeah, yeah. You know, still playing with John. Well, I didn't even think that was their prime time. I thought they already had their prime time and they well, came they out had a, they, they're, I mean, they're still playing. <laughs> Like I, no, I yeah. said on the show before, I just saw him a couple of years ago in Colorado. Still, well, those guys are working on a new album. So they're jamming out right now in LA. Well, I've been waiting for that because they're doing it with back with John, right? Yeah, which is super exciting. Yeah, so we have that to look forward to. Um, I was thinking about that the other day for some strange reason. I was thinking like, in this day and age of music and that, if Chili Peppers release a new album, it's like they're not really like you know they're older. They're not really like they're still kind of mainstream, but like. I was thinking about how would they even release music in this landscape of how music is right now in the mainstream and that. Right. And I was sort of thinking, I don't know if they're going to do this, so we'll check back and see if this happens. Mm -hmm. But I thought a good move to do would be a documentary, like a Chili Peppers, like HBO documentary, diving into their past, all of their demons exposed in a documentary. Yeah. And then they maybe do like a special live performance where they play some of their like oldest hit tracks like under the bridge and stuff like that like i mean they're essentially they're yeah i don't know they're going to rock and roll hall of fame right i think they already are aren't they if they're not not, they're they're probably going there and i mean they're pretty legendary whatever that means anyway i don't know what the rock again it's the grammys (laughs) you know whatever (laughs) they get to choose whatever they want accolade of some sort it's an accolade of some sort though and, and most people even who are you know too hipster to be like I want to win a Grammy or I want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's still it's still a yeah. testament to what you've accomplished yeah, in yeah. some way or another. So yeah, you know, yeah, almost anybody who picks up a gu- guitar would at some point be like you know you'd like to have had a Grammy at some point in your <laughs> life. Like that would be kind of cooler than not having a Grammy. So there's still something there. Yeah, yeah. is all I'm saying. But you know, That's to true. each their own. If it doesn't matter to you, it doesn't matter at all. That's true. Um, but, but, um, yeah, I had a lot of Led Zeppelin vibes in that in that track, at least. That yeah, jammy. Some maybe session. some Jimi Hendrix vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And speaking of some influences, I had even even some more influences that I didn't say earlier. Um, there's a riot going on by that's a song by Sly and the Family Stone. Mm. The Cure, Craftwork, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. who we've mentioned on here. Um, Station to Station by David Bowie. Mm. Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar. Laura Anderson, I'm not familiar. Exile on Main Street, yes, by the Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Kelly, T-Rex. So just some other names. And uh, I, I, don't, I guess we're not really going chronologically through this, so it's fine. No, some of the some of our episodes we do like to go by album by album. Um, but artists that have like more than five albums, it's it's a lot yeah. to dive deep into every single album and sure, what they were yeah. all doing. Um, during that period of time where they were writing and stuff. Yeah. So we're kind of skipping around on this one a little bit. Yeah. So, like, because we're talking about influences, and um, the only album 
sorry guys, what I listened to all the way through was Tasmania, which is mm-hmm. the most recent one. I thought I'd start there. And I listened to it all. Good place to start. And uh, it's crazy for that one. That's the one where I, I got the idea of the laid back strokes, or the glossy mm-hmm. strokes. Yeah, nice. Also, some of the tracks reminded me of the Cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you've played the Cars for me, and I grew up listening to Cars as a young kid. Yeah. Drumming. Um, if no one knows, they're fucking great. And they're yes. from back in the 80s, and you, you could have thought it was, like, released this year or sort of thing. Like... Um, yeah, and, and they're they're they have cooler songs than just that like Circuit City commercial song or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> they're, big, they're big hits. Yeah, I'm driving in my car. Yeah, but that's a good track though. Still, even though no, like, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. But it like for example, that track is you know it's one of those. It's oh, it's overplayed. I don't. I'm not going to put that on because you know I yeah. associate it with commercials or something like that. But that first Cars album, yeah. epic. Yeah, yeah, all the way through. Listen to that. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but it's great. And then there were like some specific tracks from Tasmania from Pond. Um, there was this track, "The Boys Are Killing Me," sounded exactly like Prince to me. Right. Okay. Nice. And uh, and there's a track called "Hand," was it "Hand Mouth Dancer"? So, yeah, I think so. I wrote it as "Mount." That's not the word. I think it's "Hand Mouth Dancer." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sounded to me like Queen. If nice. Queen were like electro synth, wavy. Yeah. 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 Because like his voice is nothing like uh, Freddie's, but um, Freddie Mercury. But, of course. Uh, but I could I could instantly hear if you just switch out Freddie Mercury's vo- voice in there, it would be a Queen song. Okay, I can see that. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the song. We could spin it, and I could kind of explain what I what I mean about that. Like, okay, what do you think? I, don't know. I mean, do it. <laughs> That's I mean. All right, this is real the, quick. Just real quick, just a little taste. Because I want to know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you might see if you can get it. We're diving in here on Roots or Grooves. You're familiar with Queen? Mm hmm. Okay, totally. I didn't get political. <laughs> I just faced the facts. See, Queen never went there because they were a rock band, but yeah. I feel like. It kind of reminds me of that for some reason. No, for sure. And with yeah, that, yeah. that synth, yeah, yeah. it's definitely kind of old school. Yeah, yeah. 80s mixing with, I can totally see that kind of Prince, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen vibes. This is all right. Oh, correct. This is the one I thought sounded like Prince. Oh yeah. Yeah. In that context, discussing yeah, 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 yeah. Prince and like 80s music, that you could have told me that was a Prince song, and I almost yeah, would have believed yeah, 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 yeah. it. Uh, so it's interesting. But also a third thing I heard in that album was Pink Floyd. Um, and the track Burnt Out Star is mm-hmm. the one that really made me thought of that. I think it was just like just one thing he did vocally at a certain point that made me think Pink Floyd. And then yeah. it happened again at another point. Sort of thing. Just some poignant yeah, so it's specific like, spots. It's not overall, but it's like, and I'm not sure, you know, and that's fine. I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like. No, I'm sure they're you know, taking this, these influences and they don't want to like, we're, we're a queen cover band. Like that. Yeah. obviously they're not even close to no, yeah. wanting to be that, yeah. but they're 
using these influences and you know kind of puzzle piecing these like oh i'm gonna sound like freddie here i'm yeah. gonna sound like prince here and you know all these other you know the cure rolling stones they're taking yeah, these yeah. bits and putting them together and forming you know a puzzle that's never been created before yeah, yeah. but it's just but but i guess like the thing i think about is like when it made me think of each of those artists in a certain way each of those artists are kind of in different spheres with different fans and different people that would listen to them sort of mm-hmm. thing you know maybe or maybe not but like yeah just sort of like bringing it all together is kind of like i mean that's how what music is we bring our we have our influences we bring them together we create new things yeah you know there's only a certain number of notes in the western scale right <laughs> right so many combinations you can make of you know things but it's and about I mean, it's about what how you like do the rest of it around it i guess or something like yeah that. we're we're all i mean what's the what's the quote like good people copy like good oh, yeah, good yeah, artists yeah. copy and great artists steal yeah yeah and it's like yeah, yeah but like don't plagiarize but like they're taking these yeah. ideas these like moments of strong influence yeah. of a vocal part or a vocal tone yeah. or a mood of the music or beat yeah. and you know you know reconceptualizing it into their modern yeah you know music creation yeah and you know no plagiarism going on here but paying yeah. homage no, yeah. i would say is more accurate but the funny thing is, is I, like yeah like and it's like in the eye of the beholder or in the ear of the listener right yeah like what you hear in it like um you know i don't even know if these guys i know, haven't heard them mention queen or prince or pink floyd mm-hmm. i mean pink floyd is probably a closer thing because it's more psychedelic and stuff. i know some artists like, don't like to say some of the huge influences because i know I, i've read some specific artists i can't think of the name but uh they they've said directly in an interview like I, I i don't really say the beatles are a huge influence on me even though they're like the number one influence on me because it sounds like such a basic answer like mm. hey musical guy who are you in, who's your inspiration oh, yeah. <laughs> oh i like the beatles so i'm pretty into music i like paul simon yeah paul like <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh cool i like yeah. elvis yeah yeah you know whatever though it doesn't matter yeah whoever you're influenced by if you love it, you love it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Nobody can tell you otherwise. That's but, the beauty. Yeah, but um, no, no. I like uh, I like Pond. I like I like the fact that they've um, they've they've done a lot of different things across their albums. Um, and they've I think that out of all of them, they've only had two that's produced by Kevin Parker of was, Came in Parlor Fame. I thought it was three. Or f- maybe maybe three, but. Don't but quote not, me, don't quote me. But basically not every album, which is... No, but exactly, yeah, and that's, like, I think yeah. that's your point, that not... Yeah, yeah. Kevin Parker doesn't have to do with every every aspect of Pond. Yeah, like he's not tied to, I think, uh, uh, you know, their success. You know, because yeah, the way I want no. to say that is because, like, Tame Impala blew up. Mm-hmm. Big, massive thing. Pond, not so massive, but a lot of people know about them. Right. Um, but... But yeah, they're, but they're, they're not—they're not relying on that friendship, to like for every album. Yeah, they're, it, like to, they're not a leech band. Yeah, like, oh, we're produced <laughs> by like, oh, Kevin Parker did the drums on that one song, so we're exactly. we're pretty popular now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they—they they definitely have their own perseverance and like they're doing their own thing. They're creating their own stuff, and it is yeah. unique and yeah. it is cool. Uh, and one of the things that you reminded me about is, is Nick talking about, um, or I'd see him in all these all these interviews for Pond being the front man of the band and these interviewers interviewing him and he was really patient 
um, when he gets questioned about Kevin Parker. Oh yeah. W- if you work with somebody who's, you know, much more or you know any level of fame above you, mm-hmm. it's always intriguing. Mm-hmm. You know, same reason we brought it up here today because it is intriguing. It's like, wow, you work with him. Interesting. What's that relationship like? And people are asking him these questions. He's he's Nick is always really patient, mm-hmm. and he'd never be like, you know, oh, I don't. You know, he wouldn't throw, obviously he wouldn't throw Kevin Parker under the bus or anything like that. But I just noticed that he was really like, oh yeah, okay. He must get asked these questions every interview ever, wherever he goes. Like, hey, was it like working with Kevin Parker? You know, you know, how does he influence your band? A few episodes back when we talked about Alex Turner and um, Alexander Safer. No, good point. Exactly. Where she she was constantly asked about Alex Turner. And Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of different because I think, like in a sort of marketing world, like his thing was overshadowing her. Yeah. Like, and that they kind of used him to market her. Mm-hmm. You know, the label did or the PR people did. Right. To get her name out there and then press end up asking about that, mm-hmm. which kind of ad- overshadows. But who th- she yeah, is. that's not what's happening here, though. That's like, not what's happening th- here. People no. just discover Pond as their own entity. And happened to find out that, oh, you have relations to Kevin Parker. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Let's talk about it. But as a personal, you know, Nick, frontman of Pond. Well, I think. You like, know, just living your life, going around like, hey, I got a cool band. I'm doing cool things. And everywhere you go, every city's like, hey, Kevin Parker. Hey, Kevin Parker. Oh, yeah. You know, like. <laughs> but from what, how you describe the way that Nick approaches music and everything and that he's level-headed, mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me. Like and I saw yeah. I saw an interview yeah with NME where they were asking him about Kevin Parker and right. yeah one of the YouTube commenters was like oh yeah, he must get asked this question all the time yeah Good to see him respond graciously and stuff like that um, yeah it doesn't surprise me if I, like that's the way he is like it doesn't strike me as someone that's like um, he's just having fun he wants to make music he's making a career out of it it's not like a power hungry like. I must be more famous than Tame Impala or mm-hmm. like a battle, a duel type thing. Right, like that, us know. against Kevin Parker. Yeah, don't ask me about that famous person. Like, oh, yeah. you used to date, like, you know, George Clooney. Tell me all about George mm-hmm. Clooney. It's like, well, no. Like, <laughs> what is this interview about? Like, what are we talking <laughs> It's different dynamics, right? Like, you know, but, um, and they're still good friends. So it's like, mm-hmm. and Kevin Parker himself, I haven't really seen him talk or anything about that. It strikes me that he's like a downstairs to earth person as well like, i think a lot of australians are just kind of chill and down to earth it seems I mean, like from my they, experience they live in the they live in a beautiful country away yeah. from the rest of the world mm-hmm. they're kind of outside the fray right no one talks i remember in school in geography class in high school they'd draw a map about um the developed and underdeveloped world right right and it was kind of like so yeah it's kind of like this except for australia <laughs> they're their own thing they're like they're developed but the but everything <laughs> underneath like you know north america and europe is undeveloped yeah apart from australia <laughs> it was a weird thing i thought he li- the teacher literally did that he was just like yeah apart from just except that <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was interesting i was hearing him talk about perth and it seems like perth is kind of an interesting place and australia in general because you know it's uh owned or run by the british Mm. Um, well, the queen, matriarchy. The queen is still head of state, right, of Australia. Yeah, and so like Perth is like a weird. Um, it's got these different energies. It, they said it was a weird city. 
because it's like a modern contemporary city by the beach and it's cool and chill and maybe a little like kind of liberal of a city um but but it has this weird history because same thing in america like this land was kind of taken over and so there's this kind of awkwardness yeah um that the you know i've never been there or anything but you know pond was talking about this in this, these interviews and how yeah it's just some of the oddities of of perth being in a weird little yeah. city or a big city i don't know how big it is yeah i i thought about going there when i went to australia but it's like all the way on the other side of the country I'm mm. like, damn that's the far it's a mob it's a australia's it's its own continent yeah. i have one friend that lives there though we used to play guitar with him in the bands in the uk and he moved to perth so mm. he's he's there right now <laughs> Shout out John, yeah. guitar teacher. He teaches John. guitar in Perth right now. Hey, so, let's go. Um, I got my passport photos. But no, yeah. Step <laughs> one. <the> photos. <laughs> yeah, just the photo. He's like, that's not going to get you right. there, but. Don't smile. That's like the rule. Oh, yeah. Serious. Yeah, I was at CVS. I was like, passport photos. I'm ready. Yeah. And like, don't smile. Don't smile. I was like, okay, I'm <laughs> sad about my passport. Rest in bitch face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were to- I was talking about this earlier. I'm traveling the world. You said about, like, yeah, like, kind of indigenous peoples stealing land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. So they did a music video for the track, the opening track of Tasmania called Daisy. And um, it was filmed on land for which the Kulin and Nyunga nations were the traditional custodians. Nice. So, and the band's paid respect. The band paid respect for them in the opening card of that music video, mm-hmm. I think. So they're acknowledging that and doing that in there nice that's super cool another testament to their awareness and down-to-earthness well i guess like you know since we're coming to the end of the show like there is a lot of things about that tasmania album Mm -hmm. where you know they say like lyrically they're talking tasmania being a the country a city or a country or a state island it's a country or it's an island it's his own island off the coast of australia yeah off the coast of australia and um uh yeah like I think kind of what spurred this is Nick said he took like a trip to Tasmania and he was t- talking to some like scientist out there and this guy showed him a, a projection of Australia's weather in the next hundred years. Yeah. And basically he said it just, the temperatures get real hot, so hot that it's going to become uninhabitable because of global warming. And, uh, and that Tasmania would be uh, still in a hundred years from now, Australia would be fucked, but Tasmania would be like a cooler climate for oh, really? people to still be able to live in, kind of thing. What is what is that about? Just because it's an island? Uh, yeah, I mean, the different climate with the water climate, surrounding and where, stuff, where it is in the world, all yeah. that type of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that. So, he, by land in Tasmania is what I'm hearing. Ta- uh, Nick said that. He said, Nick said that people are buying houses in Tasmania. Like, Australians wow. are buying houses in Tasmania and going there and. Interesting. Like okay. alre- already, even. Though. I mean, it's happening. Yeah. I, I think we're all living in this. Uh, if we don't do anything in the next fifty years, climate change is going to start to affect us. But I think we're already there. It is a problem, but it's like, yeah, it's like, is it? Have we exacerbated? Oh, this is a whole other conversation. But like, yeah, as humans, have we exacerbated it, made it worse, or was it going to happen anyway? Like, I'm not saying climate change denier, but the the Earth does do its own thing. Yeah, but, but humans also fuck things up real easily. Most likely, <laughs> like you said, exacerbating what's already happening. Exactly. Yeah, and it's most likely both of the two because we are, I think, 
statistics show that we are affecting the Earth's climate. Yeah. And also the Earth is being affected by the yeah. everything around it, everything, so literally it, everything, the universe. So it could be reality. And I hunt, well, this is, well, they did do an album called... Uh, Man, it feels like space again. So I thought I was well, still on topic. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say, 100 years from now, Australia is too hot to live in. Millions of people are going to have to migrate. Mm-hmm. But 100 years from now, they might have like these biospheres on Mars and everyone's living there. Mm-hmm. So like Star Trek and Star Wars and all that is going to become reality in 100 years from now. And they'll look at this video and we'll be like in this hot, studio in seattle in 2021 in the ancient history <laughs> the windows are open people anyway but interesting it's an interesting conversation no how we for sure 100 percent. digressed so much it's not even um, it's it's but no know, but it's that, about tasmania and this and is what these people are thinking about they're thinking what, about this pond this has this album. on their mind and they are literally writing about this mm-hmm. so you know off topic or not it's still on topic to mm-hmm. us here at Rooster grooves mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, it's a worldwide discussion always going on, so we're happy to share a little bit about it, I guess. I mean, the, the last album before this was called The Weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think... So, it's something they've been thinking almost about. Almost a theme yeah. within the band, and, uh, which is fair. Yeah, no, so, but, that's, but that's a crazy thought to me. Like, if, if that's true about like, Australia becoming an inha- uninhabitable world, and then and Nick's thinking about this as well. Um, you know, it is a scary thought. It's like, what's going to happen in the future? Yeah. If you humanity, there's going to be mass migrations because of global warming. Like, it's a crazy future. The one thing I know is that things constantly change mm-hmm. and we got to adapt and be ready for things to constantly change. Yeah. No, not depend on stuff staying the same for all of our life. Yeah. If we can adapt uh, to change, then we'll be unstoppable. We'll be okay. Got to adapt. Yeah. As long as we can That's adapt, it. we'll all be okay. Yeah. So just take that. Um, but that's basically what I got on Pond. Awesome psychedelic rock band out of Australia. Um, I still got some stuff to explore. I've listened to most of their albums all, all the way through. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. They change it up. Different moods, different riffs, different grooves. Um, you know, they're not boring. Yeah. I'll say that. Like, I don't know who can say that they're boring. I don't think that'd no. be fair. No. no, it's definitely like good vibey music and... Uh... And, and yeah, they, like, have, they have some secret albums that, if you go back in history, not just the demos, mm-hmm. but um, they had like this track uh, album called Psychedelic Mango in 2008, Corridors of Bliss Today in 2009, Frond in 2010. All of those three things happened before the album that they're known for, I think, or what blew mm-hmm. them up. So, I mean, they put in the work. Yeah. You know, they were so. rehearsing, they were playing, they were thinking. Yeah. So super cool all the way through from from their music um, to to what they're thinking about and who they are as people seems cool, yeah. and I'm down for that. And I'm gonna keep listening to these guys. You know, it's cool. So yeah. I mean, if you guys have anything to say, let us know what you think. Let us know your thoughts or any cool stories you got about Pond or Australia or um, the the global society collapsing due to climate change, and uh, if you have any ideas on how to survive. In the post-pandemic, post-100, mm-hmm. 200-degree weather world. Yes. <laughs> Some like it hot, they say. Well, unusually, to close out as a closing track, instead of closing out with the most recent track from an album, mm-hmm. 
I thought I would like to close out with this one called 30,000 Megatons because um, they released this as a single um, without their label's consent mm. on the day of the US presidential election when it was Hillary versus Trump. Whoa, wow. They released it then. A little risky. Yeah. And the label told them, don't release, don't do that anymore. Stop, don't release things about us. Stop doing about that. It, yeah. <laughs> and then like Nick was saying that like, you know, he feels like it could be released a thousand times after yeah. that. Like uh, he said like, because of like, you know, um, people getting shot by cops and stuff like that. Uh, it, he said in Australia, he mentioned something specifically about something in Australia where people were getting shot by cops and, and no one's getting any repercussions from hmm. it sort of thing. It's so, the same problem. So there's a lot of things going on, and I feel like this song kind of means something to him. Yeah. Um, the fact that he feels like, yeah, you could drop it at any time, and it would mean something. Nice. So, well, then, yeah, I, so, I believe in his integrity. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. I'm down to close out with that. Yeah. So this has been Rooster Grooves. I'm Jay. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> Did you do that again? <laughs> Sometimes I do it by accident, but it's fun either way. So it's like to keep us on our toes. If you guys got anything to say, hit us up at the email, Jay. Roots to Grooves at SignalRadio.com, S-I-G-N-L Radio.com. Yeah, send us an email, drop a YouTube comment, however you prefer to communicate with us. We'll be here each week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. Going private on Instagram soon. Going go private. Going to keep that invite to only mm-hmm. secret, so. exclusive content. Yeah, so hit us up. But thank you for being here. Excited to talk about Pond with all you guys. Hope you... Hopefully you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace out. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.